All right. Good morning, everybody. Um, so this morning, I'm actually going to be uh, sharing on the ninth commandment. Um, now, for those of you who have been paying attention, it's like, oh, what happened to the eighth one? Uh, due to scheduling um, uh, issues, that Pastor Bruce will come back to the eighth commandment. But today, I'll be uh, sharing on the ninth commandment. Now, we'll just wait, uh, you know, the uh, next one, the PowerPoint. Yeah. So how many of you uh, would have the Ten Commandments memorized by heart by now? It's uh, very common. It's actually a, it's a very useful to know the Ten Commandments. And uh, we'll be touching on uh, why, why is the Ten Commandments still important today and what do we need to know about it. So first of all, um, as, while, the, while we wait for the slides to come out, the Ninth Commandment says this, is you shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. So simply put, this is um, this commandment, the ninth commandment, is basically reduced to basically do not lie, and it is a very, very straightforward, very simple commandment. And yet, this is an area where, if everyone kind of looks back in your life, pretty much all of us has said somewhere along our life, sometime maybe in the past, we've told a few lies before, maybe many lies, although. Most of us nowadays would say, oh, that was in the past. We generally don't tell lies. But nevertheless, God has listed this as one of the Ten Commandments saying, do not lie or do not give false statements. It's interesting that in this um, command, we already see that lies do have an effect on your neighbors because you're giving false information to someone else and it will impact them one way or another. Um, why do people lie? And uh, I've listed a few reasons here. And one of the most common reasons is fear. Uh, quite often, we're afraid of people finding out about our weaknesses. Sometimes we made a mistake, we sinned in some way, and we get afraid. And we're afraid of other people finding out about our weaknesses, our faults, and so we tell a lie. And once again, you tell a lie to cover up another sin. Sometimes we're afraid of rejection. Um, we're afraid that people would uh, reject us if we don't meet up to their standards. It's quite common where in children and teenagers where you're, amongst, you're meeting a new group of friends and you see they're, they all live a certain way and they say they wonder what you're like and you try to pretend to lie or even give off an image of yourself that you're not who you really are. Um, Sometimes people are afraid of consequences. Um, they're afraid of punishment for uh, you made a mistake. Maybe you made a mistake at work or you made a mistake somewhere else. And so quite often people make excuses. It's like, oh, it was like this when I came here. Or it's like, oh, this so-and-so told me this, but they never told you to do it. And so people quite often very easily lie. Um, sometimes people lie because of convenience. Um, they don't want to give a long explanation. They just want to have a quick solution so they don't want to give details about what's happening so they just you know make make lie about that there, it is true that in this world there are people who do lie to take advantage of other people uh you know nowadays for those of you who have cell phones your spam calls your um you know oh you know you've you got you've you've got a lot of money waiting for you or someone's like you know in trouble send me some money 
people too do lie to take advantage, and unfortunately, there nowadays there's a lot of people, uh, especially a lot of elderly people who are taking advantage with these phone scams. And so, in this world, there are people who do lie to take advantage. Uh, sometimes some people do have a habit of lying. Um, once you started telling a lie, um, and if you told more and more lies, eventually your inhibition goes down, and you have a tendency to lie about things. And there, once in a while, you do encounter people who do almost um, habitually lie about things. Um, and finally, there are some cultures where, especially in areas and in countries where there's a lot of poverty, um, you know, being honest and being upfront about things isn't, to them, they believe it's not your, to your best advantage. You have to kind of lie your way through, try to get ahead of people. And it's a very unfortunate situation for sometimes for people to be in that situation. And then, next slide. So this all gets very complicated because we grow up in a society, and especially as our parents tell us, oh, don't lie, tell the truth. And we have this general principle saying, oh, we're not going to lie. But then, then we encounter a lot of situations there. Well, what about white lies? What about gray areas? Then there's the lies of omissions where you're telling the truth, but you're not telling the whole truth. And because you're not telling the whole truth, the whole perspective changes. And then, then there's also about some people who say, well, other people hurt me, and other people have lied to me. So to even the score, this gives me the right to lie to them. Sometimes people think about that. And then what about the arguments about saying, well, it's for the greater good. It's for the better benefit. If I lie in this way, I guess the end result is going to be better. We're, we're trying to help other people. But as much as people would say, um, oh, I have good intentions behind this, the problem is, the Bible says, is the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately um, sick. Who can understand it? Jeremiah 17.9. And the reality is, um, regardless of how many excuses, how many reasons, how we justify our lying, how we justify the things we do, the problem is our own hearts are deceitful, and we can very conveniently try to make up a reason to justify our many different sins. And so we cannot even really trust our heart. Um, I'm not going to debate into the, all the different issues today, but uh, as you know, the results of lying is that um, there are consequences. And the first of all is we broke God's law, and that's pretty straightforward because the Ten Commandments shows that. But secondly, um, we get a loss of trust. When our lies are exposed, um, you know, quite often other people will lose trust in us. And when we look at our own lives, many of us can have had experiences where uh, people have lied to us, people have broken their promise to us, and, and then we just lose our trust. And quite often people have said, you know, how can I trust you anymore? How do I know that in the, in the future you're not going to lie to me again? And the consequence of telling lies is that uh, once it's found out, then um, you can end up in, you know, loss of trust. Sometimes there's broken relationships and friendships, and even in times, and quite often in many marriages, uh, a lot of marriages are broken down, sometimes as a result of the lies that have been spoken to. Um, is it hard to stop lying? Well, it can sometimes be very hard uh, for some people. Earlier I listed some of the root causes, and sometimes you do need to identify 
what is the root cause that causes you to lie? Is it because of fear? Is it because of like um, convenience? Is it because of habit? And sometimes identifying the root causes and taking care of that would help. Um, another thing would be is um, we need to replace our bad habits with good habits. Whereas if people are in the habit of telling lies or telling white lies, well, you need to break that habit with the habit of telling the truth. Um, and it takes time to replace a bad habit with good habits. Sometimes we need to change the way we think, our perspective on things, such as um, instead of people thinking, oh, lying helps you get ahead, well, you need to change your perspective saying, no, telling the truth is more beneficial and helps everyone get ahead together. Um, there's also, uh, uh, in 1 Corinthians 15.33, it says, bad company corrupts good character. And so it's also important to surround yourself with people who are honest, who tell the truth, who sets the example. And when you're surrounding yourself with people of uh, good character, hopefully you'll learn enough. But is that enough also? And um, I want to address today is um, some of the times people are, are going to ask, are the Ten Commandments still important today? Are they still relevant for us? You know, after all, a lot of people would say, hey, the Bible is such an old book. You know, it's like thousands of years old. And especially the Ten Commandments is like almost 3,500 years old. Do we still need to obey these commandments? Um, will obeying them get us to heaven? And uh, in fact, if you even, even look at the Old Testament, there's like 613 laws. If we try to obey all the laws, will God see us as being good? Um, and so... Uh, one thing I want to mention is, 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 in fact, is what is the purpose of the law? The purpose of the law is, that in fact, is the law acts as, in, in the Bible it says in King James, it's a schoolmaster to bring us unto Christ. Or in another version is the law is our tutor that leads us to Christ. So, and what it means is this, is um, Paul himself says is, um, I would not have known what sin was, has it not been for the law. For I would not have known what covenant, coveting really was if the law had not said, you shall not covet. And later, and also in Romans in three, chapter 3, it says, it's through the law that we become conscious of sin. So the role of the law, um, where, when God gives us a law, God is not saying, if you obey all these things, then you're going to get to heaven because the problem is that all of us have sinned. In fact, the purpose of the law and the role of the law is to show us that we have sinned and that because we have sinned, um, the wages of sin is death. The wages of sin is death, and because we have sinned, we need Jesus' sacrifice. We need Jesus' grace and mercy on the cross in order to forgive us, in order to make us right with God again. And that is the role of the law. Uh, I'm going to show here next is, it's going to be a video. We're going to get out of this PowerPoint slide, but for those of you watching online, hopefully you'll be able to see the video also. Um, and this is a short video to show how exactly does, is the law used to lead people to Christ? Uh, it's about six minutes long, and uh, Thomas, you can show the video. You said your concept of God is that he is the universe. Do you think God is happy with you or angry at you? Depending on what you do, 
God will love you for it either way. <laughs> That's what I believe in. So how are you doing morally? Are as you, long as you stay true to yourself, God will love you. It doesn't matter what you do, as long as you know in your heart you're doing it for the right reason, love. You have nothing to worry about in this world whatsoever. It's called faith. Let's see how you're doing. Do you think you're a good person? Yes. How many lies have you told in your life? I've lost count. Okay, what well, do you call someone who's told lies? A liar. So you've blown that one. Have you ever stolen something, even if, you're, even if it's small? Yeah. What do you call someone who steals? A liar. A thief. If you deny that you lie, steal, cheat, and deceit, you become those things. And that's what you have to understand as a human, is that you can't lose yourself in yourself, because that's the double-edged sword of love. It's out there. You just got to find it for yourself in order to truly know what it is. And I just want to push that to everybody. <laughs> That's okay, Mary, you were saying that you found yourself. What are mankind's origins? Where do we come from? Women. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, originally, I don't mean from your mother. I mean, where did, what's, what's the origin of humanity? Authenticity and love. No, the origin, where did we come from? What was in the beginning? Man and woman. <laughs> yeah, but for man and woman. Who created man and woman? A higher power. Uh, who was that? God. <laughs> okay. Why do we exist as human beings? To love. Okay. And where are, you, where are you going when you die? Whatever you did here, it depends. <laughs> okay, that's true. Now, third commandment, you should not take God's name in vain. Have you ever used God's name in vain? Okay. Would you use your mother's name as a cuss word? Never. Never, because you honor her, but you haven't loved and honored God. You've used his name as a filth word to express disgust, which is called blasphemy. So serious, it's punishable by death in the Old Testament. Appreciate your honesty and your, uh, and your patience with me. Now, Jesus said, if you look at a woman and lust for her, you commit adultery with her in your heart. Have you ever looked at a woman with lust? Yes, I'm a man. <laughs> Have you had sex before marriage? Yes, I'm a man. So, Murray, I'm not judging you. You judge yourself, but you've told me you're a lying, thieving, blasphemous, fornicating, adulterer at heart, and you have to face God on Judgment Day. If he judges you by the Ten Commandments, I've looked at four, you're going to be innocent or guilty? Guilty. Heaven or hell? Hell. Now, does that concern you? Deep down, yeah. And it horrifies me. We've just met. I love you. I care about you. The thought of you going to hell just breaks my heart. Do you know what death actually is, according to the Bible? Ultimate enlightenment. Well, no, it's wages. It says the wages of sin is death. God's given you death as wages for your sin. He's paying you in death. He's given you capital punishment. Like a judge looks at a heinous criminal who's raped three girls and then murdered them. He says, you've earned the death sentence. This is your wages. This is what's due to you. And sin is so serious to God, Mario, that he's given you capital punishment. Lying, thieving, blasphemous, fornicating, adulterate heart. Now tell me, what did God do for guilty sinners so we wouldn't have to go to hell? Do you remember? <clears throat> he came up with the idea that depending on what you do here, you're either good or bad, and that's it. You just got to stick to that and have the faith in that. And then no, that's not what he did. Jesus suffered and died on the cross for the sin of the world. The Ten Commandments are called the moral law. You and I broke the law. Jesus paid the fine. That's what happened on that cross. Mario, if you're in court and someone pays your fine, a judge can let you go. Did you know that? You can say, Mario, there's a stack of speeding fines here. This is deadly serious. 
but someone's paid him, you're free to go. And he can do that which is legal and right and just. And God loves you so much, he became a human being, suffered and died on the cross to take the punishment for the sin of the world. That means you don't have to end up in hell. God can legally forgive your sins because he's the lover of your soul. And then Jesus rose from the dead and defeated death. Mario, if you give up the battle and just say, God, I'm a rebel, and you repent and trust in Christ, God will forgive every sin you've ever committed and grant you everlasting life as a free gift. Do you believe what I'm saying? Yes. It's the gospel truth. I wouldn't lie to you. Are you ready to repent and trust in Christ? Yes. Can I pray with you? <laughs> sure. Father, I pray for Mario. Thank you we met today. Thank you we met today. I pray today he'll truly repent and trust in Jesus and have his sins forgiven in a second and pass from death to life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Do you have a Bible at home? No. I'm, I'm going to give you some literature. Now, do you know why you're, you're weeping? Any idea? Because I've sinned as a man. Okay. That's called contrition. And the Bible says godly sorrow, being sorry for your sins, works repentance. So I trust today that God's brought conviction of sin to you and that you know you've sinned against God and you'll understand that God can forgive you and grant you everlasting life as a free gift. I've got some literature for you. Okay, Mario, thank you for talking to me. I really appreciate it. I appreciate you interviewing me. I do. So what we witnessed there is how, this is how the law leads people to Christ. It is by looking at God's law and looking at God's righteous standards and how good and how perfect that they are, that we realize that we are sinners, that all of us have fallen, all of us have sinned, have fallen short of the glory of God. And because we have sinned, therefore, we need Christ's grace and mercy. We need the death of Jesus to wash away your sins. And so this is how the law leads us to Christ. Simply by obeying all the laws, we cannot earn our way to heaven. We cannot become buddies with God and try to make it to heaven on our own. But instead, all of us are dependent on the sacrifice of Jesus Christ in order to be made right with God uh, and to be forgiven. So that is the function of the law. And so, so now that we know the function of the law, um, then how does that apply to us today? Well, some of us might say, we have Jesus who forgives us, so he forgives all our sins. So do we still need to obey God anymore? Um, and the answer is this, you know, when you look at, the, at Paul's letters, Paul already mentioned that, uh, yes, we do need to continue to obey God's laws because we are living a new life. Shall we go on sinning that grace may increase? By no means. Those who have died to sin, how can we live in it any longer? We cannot continue to live in sin anymore, but with the new life that God gives to us, we need to live a life that is pleasing to God. Um, and how can we do that? First, we need to learn about God. So the very nature of God, we learned that when Jesus went to heaven, he was sending his Holy Spirit to the church. And the Holy Spirit is described as the spirit of truth. So truth is very inherent in God's nature. Uh, not only that, when we look at Jesus and we compare Jesus to Satan, Jesus himself answered saying, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. John 14, verse 6. On the other hand, this is what Jesus says about Satan. 
And then he was talking about the Pharisees. He says, you belong to the father, the devil, and you want to carry out your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning, not holding on to the truth, for there is no truth in him. And when he lies, he speaks his native language, for he is a liar, and he is the father of lies. John chapter 8, verse 44. As you see this huge contrast where Jesus speaks truth, whereas Satan, the devil, he speaks lies. And not only that, we also learn that as we are the children of God, um, but then there are also people who are the children of the devil. And so the question is, is it important for us to tell the truth? It's important because it shows who is our father? Is our father God or is our father the devil? Who are we imitating? Are we imitating um, um, this? Are you imitating God or are we imitating the devil? And so um, God has said that we are the children of light. We are the children of light and that we must put us away the um, uh, sin. We must put away the things of this world and we must follow God. Um, we were also told to imitate Christ that because um, we need to put on the new self to be created like God in true righteousness and holiness. Each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to your neighbor for we are all members of one body. And in 1 Peter it says, just, it is, just as he who called you is holy, so be holy in all you do. For it is written, be holy because I am holy. And so when we look at God's laws, we know that we're not trying to be good because we're trying to better ourselves. We're not trying to be good because we're trying to earn our way to heaven, but rather we want to obey God because we want to imitate Christ. We are grateful for what he has done for us, and we want to imitate uh, God. We want to be like Jesus Christ. Now, it does speak about the church here, and it says, each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to your neighbor, for we are all members of one body. And one thing I do want to mention is that in the church, it's, yes, very often we do need to speak the truth to each other. Um, and very often when we come to church, we hope that it's a refuge, it's a safe place that we can trust one another. A lot of times people would open up your hearts and share your feelings and even share your deeper thoughts with each other, confiding each other. But at the same time, if we expect to speak the truth to each other, um, we also need to learn to um, forgive because quite often, how many times have you been hurt in the church before? where you trusted someone, but someone sinned against you. Someone said something wrong about you. Someone gossiped behind you. And you've been hurt, so hurt badly in the church that you feel like, oh, how can I trust anyone again? Uh, very often I've seen sometimes people leaving the church, changing churches, or even leaving church altogether saying, you know, I don't think I can trust people anymore. And the reality is when we come together as, um, in the church, yeah, we come, we are broken, we are sinful people, we're not perfect, we're aiming to imitate Christ, but from time to time, people will sin. And if we speak truthfully to each other and we don't want to cover it with lies, we also need to learn to forgive one another. We need to learn the lesson of forgiveness. Um, and finally, um, we also need to learn that with truth, 
is related is also with love. Um, and it says in Proverbs chapter 26, verse 28, it says, A lying tongue hates those it hurts, and a flattering mouth works ruin. And in 1 Corinthians 13, it says, Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. And so lying is one of those things that is very easy to slip into. It's very easy to tell falsehood. And yet it's very important for us to speak the truth because we want to love those we are speaking to, um, to our family, to our friends, and even to the people that we meet. We want to show them love, and we don't want to lie to them. Um, and so today we learned quite a few different lessons. We learned that, you know, um, first of all, the ninth commandment is, you know, don't lie. We also learned that the purpose of the law is to lead us to Christ. And like, you know, for those of you today, if you've been searching for God and you don't know him yet and you've been touched and you want to know about God more, please do talk to us after service. Uh, or if there's anyone who is really inspired by that video and really want, want to learn how to share the gospel with others, do talk to one of our leaders. Uh, we would like to share with you also. And um, finally, how can we be transformed? How do we put an end to sin? And the reality is we cannot simply stop sin by our own efforts. We need the Holy Spirit to help us. We need the Spirit of God to help us to do what is good and what is right and to put an end to our sinful ways. Um, we also need to transform our mind uh, by reading the scriptures uh, to change the way we think. And we need to study the scriptures. And we just really need to um, imitate Christ to keep our eyes on Jesus Christ. And so um, that is the ninth commandment. And I would hope and I pray that God would just really speak to each of us today. Um, let's uh, quickly end in prayer here and then uh, bring it back to the closing songs. Father God, we thank you that you are the spirit of truth. You came to this world, you revealed truth, and at the same time, you revealed your love for us. And you died on the cross for us for all our sins. And we thank you for your forgiveness. We ask, O oh God, that you transform our hearts from deep within, change our lives, and to also to teach us to speak truth to one another, and to and most importantly, to share your truth with the world. We ask that you lead us in the, in the upcoming week, in the coming days. In Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen.